Hey, welcome to Westside Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Here at Westside, we're all about equipping believers to succeed in life and mature in Christ as they reach, win, and disciple others. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message. But before we get into it, if we can serve you in any way by helping you grow in your walk with God, we want to connect with you at wcspokane.com slash connect. Fill that out and someone from our team will reach out to you. Now let's get ready to study the word together. You guys ready to hear some word this morning? Amen. Had a good Christmas service. Well, that was fun. A bunch of y'all showed up and I uh, got to see some new faces. It was fun. We had a good time. And uh, our, that was, our, the Christmas message was a reprieve between uh, a mini-series we're doing on, on honor. We're doing a mini-series on honor. I don't know what it is, but there's a whole bunch of people dropping H's now in our English language. Have you noticed that? Guys are saying humble and, and honor and without the, nobody's saying, nobody say, wants to say the H in humble anymore. It's like, what happened to, what happened to humble? It's now humble now. But honor was always like that. It's just fun. Just pay attention. Guys are doing it. I'm like, wow, we're going back to old English. But uh, it's, it's, uh, we're in a series called Honor, The Life of Honor. And uh, this isn't taught very much, I don't think. Uh, not that I've seen much in churches. But honor's important. Did you know that? We need to honor God, of course, first and foremost. I mean, if we're not honoring God, we are missing it from the very beginning. Right? And, and two weeks ago, we began this series talking about humility. Humility. Everybody say humility. Humility is the beginning. It's the beginning. In Proverbs 15, verse 33, and Proverbs 18, verse 12, it says, And before honor is humility. Before honor is humility. That means we have to humble ourselves and admit to ourselves we don't know everything. Is that possible? <laughs> I mean, if, if, we each asked, if we asked each of you, right, do you know everything, you would answer, no, I, clearly I don't. But sometimes we get kind of prideful about the things we think we do know, yeah? And, and we get a little bit arrogant in the fact that <clears throat> we can't be teachable. We can't listen to others. <clears throat> Clear that frog out. But we, we need to be humble. We need to be able to listen to somebody else, right, and humble ourselves under authority and, and honor that authority. And we said this, some things like, two weeks ago like this, that you can honor people and still disagree with them. You can still act in honor towards someone and not agree with what they're doing and how they're treating you. Did you know that? There's a way to do that. There's a way to honor people without being disrespectful and dishonorable toward them. Now, I had to check myself in this area, in the political climate that we are in. Because it's really easy to jump on bandwagons and be dishonorable toward our leaders when we don't feel like they're acting in an honorable way. But honoring someone has nothing to do with how they're acting. We don't honor people when they deserve it. We honor them because of their position. I told you, if you stick around long enough, you're going to have marvelous opportunities to be offended in this church. <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, at Westside, we're unoffendable, are we not? Come on, let's just say it. I am unoffendable. Man, you can just stay in, in, in teachable mode and humility mode when you can say that. Because come on now, people, if people cannot offend you, God, God can keep you in your place and the enemy can't get you out of your place. Offense will drive a wedge between you and the plan of God. 
So we've got to be humble. First Peter 5, 5 says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the who? To the humble. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. To the humble. To the humble. So in honoring, we honor people. We honor those around us, even though we disagree. There are times, though, that we do have to draw the line with a submission to authority. The Bible says that we're to submit to authorities and rulers over us. But that wasn't a blanket statement that goes and transcends beyond moral value. Come on, there's decisions we're going to have to make. And we said this, we wouldn't even have a country had not our founding fathers said no to the king, shaken off authority written the Declaration of Independence. We wouldn't even be here had they not done that. But they did it in an honorable way. King didn't like it. So there's a way to show honor and disagree. But where do we draw the line? You know? Churches aren't allowed to meet. Do we listen to that edict? to that suggestion, to that, or do we meet? I realize I'm preaching to the choir right exactly now because y'all are here. There's just decisions we have to make as Christians, right? But we can still do it in an honoring way. You know, there's something coming. It's in the back of the book, book of Revelation, called The Mark of the Beast. You guys read about that? Now, at some point, the rulers and government authorities are going to mandate that on people. We're going to have to draw the line somewhere, right? I suggest it's a lot easier to draw the line ahead of time, early, when there's freedom still in exercise, right? So be wise, amen? Be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. Pay attention to what God's doing. Yeehaw. So we're going we're to talk to, this morning about showing honor to family and social authority. Social authorities meaning like coaches, teachers, social authorities, bosses. <clears throat> so you want to look at a couple things with me? Turn over to Genesis chapter 9. Family. We'll look at family first. Genesis chapter 9. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Growing up, my dad was a referee, and he ref- refereed basketball. And uh, in the referee's rule book, the book of basketball rules, and what the referees are allowed to do, it's very specific. One of the things back then uh, that was very specific in the book was, um, you know, that coaches and players were not allowed to use profanity on the basketball court. You would wonder where that rule is in these days, Uh, but it's still there. And I love my dad. I love going to my, dad, uh, my dad's games when he would ref because uh, there was no doubt someone was getting a technical foul in that game. No doubt. And I relished the opportunity to watch the players and coaches' face, faces when my dad would give them a technical foul. Technical foul is a stop of play. You stop the game, and the other team gets to shoot two free throws, and they get the ball. If they didn't have the ball already, they get the ball back. So it's, it's not a good thing in basketball when the game can come down to one or two points. And uh, I specifically remember several times 
where my dad was instructing the coaches at the beginning of the game, before the game had started during warm-ups, that there will be no foul language during this game or I will give you a technical foul. It's in the rule book. <laughs> One coach came back with a profanity, profanity slur after that of a string of, what do you blankety-blank mean? Here's my dad. Technical foul <laughs> on the bench before the game even started. The coach starts with one strike to get him. If he gets another one, he's ejected from the game. And I have seen coaches leave the gym. Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> Blissful glee from his son. But you know what? It showed me early on that there was this attitude that has, that has been cultivated in our culture of lack of respect and honor to people that are there to keep the peace, right? Oh, they're just referees. But you know what? How you treat coaches and referees and other people is indicative of what's going on in your heart because honor is more about you than it is about them. How you respond, how you act toward other people, how you show honor is more about your heart than it is about them. Because we got a whole group of people saying, I will respect you when you become respectable. I will honor you when you become honorable. I will treat you as such when I deem you worthy of my respect, honor, and love. And that is not the biblical way. God calls us to something different, something higher than the world. I told you this was going to go over really good. He calls us to, to act differently. Amen? Amen? Genesis chapter 9, verse 18. Noah and his sons. Noah and the ark. You guys with me? Noah and the ark. You guys know who I'm talking about? Okay. They have landed. The boat has landed. The whole world's been wiped out. They are starting over. And Noah, now the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was populated. And Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. Now, Noah's been a shipbuilder for like a hundred years, right? A hundred years it took him to build this boat, the ark. So he is, he is not well-versed yet in planting, but he's figuring it out. So he began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. And then he drank of the, of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. So he drank too much. Now, whether he did that ignorantly, like, this stuff is good. I did this! And just drank and drank. Or if he, he was stressed out because he's starting over and now he's the head of this whole thing and it's just him and his kids and he's got to keep everybody alive, right? And he's just like, I'm going to take care of some business and just, just going to get... Kirschlitzed, right? Maybe he did. I don't know. Doesn't say, but he drank too much. And then he went into his tent and took off all his clothes and passed out. <laughs> this, is, this is in the book. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers. Now, this is Ham going in to check on his dad and being like, He went and told everybody. Everybody just happened to be on the planet, his two brothers, right? <laughs> so he goes and he tells everybody, you got to see what dad did. You got to see this. And what he didn't realize was that in his mockery of what his father had done, he was dishonoring his father. He was not showing him honor. He was actually revealing things that were meant to be concealed in secret. 
so you shouldn't tell everybody everything you know about people. Right? Honor will cover. Honor will protect. And Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both of their shoulders, and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. That showed honor to their dad. That showed honor. See the difference? And when Noah awoke from his wine, and he knew that he, his, what his younger son had done to him, he, said, he then said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brethren. And he said, blessed be, the God of, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and may, his, may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. So this is an important little, little snippet of the story where God was, was showing us that honor is important. Noah could pronounce blessing on his kids or not. But because of how him responded to his dad, right? Canaan became cursed. Yeah? Got to show honor. Got to show honor. So then Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Two promises for kids obeying your father and mother honoring them, that it might be well with you and you may live long on the earth. That's a great promise. Yeah, you want your kids to live a long time? Come on, we gotta train them, teach them. It's our job as parents to train and teach and equip our, our kids to obey, to show honor. And they will learn more about how you show honor to others than you telling them about honor. Yeah, you figured out some ki- your kids catch more than you teach them. Yeah? Have you seen them do some stuff? You were like, oh, I wish they hadn't figured that one out. I mean, I know they saw it from me, but man, I thought I was hiding that real, real good. Well, you weren't. Because they, they figure this stuff out. So it's more important that our character be good before them than anything else. That we discipline our kids. You know, the Bible talks about discipline. Did you know that? The Bible talks about, this is a super popular subject. <laughs> Talk, talks about disciplining your kids, right? And I think parents are smart enough to figure out what works in what situation, but the Bible's pretty clear about uh, disciplining your kids. When your kids, especially when they're younger, man, they need some correction. Let me read you a couple verses. He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Proverbs 23, 13 through 14, in the Amplified. It says, withhold not discipline from the child, for if you strike and punish him with the reed-like rod, this is the Amplified, he will not die. You shall whip him with the rod and deliver him, deliver his life from hell. It's in the Bible. That's Proverbs 23, 13 and 14. So, again, super popular subject, but as parents, you've got to recognize situations where you, in ways that you discipline your kids. You know, are we going to listen to the Lord? Are we going to listen to Dr. Spock? Right? The older folks get that one. It's, uh, you know, there's just this, this whole movement of, you know, parenting that's just not, not scripturally based. And so 
I think you're smart enough as parents, I think you're smart enough to listen to the Lord and pay attention to how to discipline and correct your children because there are times when it's necessary and appropriate to use the rod of correction to the seed of learning. And there's other times where other things are appropriate. Told you it would be awesome. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. God's trying to help us, amen? Amen. Nope, I can just leave it right there. Okay, good enough. Just stew on that for a little bit. Husbands and wives. Husbands and wives. First, pretty, first Peter 3. First Peter chapter 3. Everybody doing okay? <laughs> Honor will help you a lot. You guys doing okay? Crickets? No. Not doing okay. First Peter 3. <clears throat> Honor is so important. It is so important that we show honor. Husbands and wives, we are not precluded from showing honor to each other. This is important. 1 Peter 3.1, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands that even if some do not obey the word, that's husbands, if they're not followers of Jesus, not obeying the word, they're not doing what they're supposed to do, even if they don't, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. He's telling us that how we respond to our spouses is not predicated on how they're acting towards you. Yeah, people love this verse. This is is a favorite verse. (laughs) Submit, I'm not gonna submit, submit. We all have to submit. We're all submitting to someone or something, all of us. From the creator to our bosses, to our spouses. Come on, we're all submitting. Government authorities, the police officer when he pulls you over with the blue and red lights, we are all submitted to someone in some way, shape, or form. How we respond to that submission, how we do it, whether willingly or forcibly, is determined on us. Look at verse seven. God doesn't leave the husbands out of this. He says, husbands likewise dwell with them, your wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. Here's another favorite scripture. <laughs> wow. Just a whole bunch of gals are like, weaker vessel. I'll show you weaker vessel. Mm-hmm. He uses the term vessel to, uh, for us to understand. It's the, it's the suit we're wearing, the earth suit, this body we inhabit before Jesus comes back, right? By and large, we'd have to honestly agree that men are stronger than women. Gosh. Physically. Right? That's why my wife hands me the jar. Will you open this for me? Yes. No. <laughs> it's, he's, not, he's not belittling or degrading at all. Yes, are there women stronger than other men on the planet? Absolutely. There's some bodybuilders that would squish me like a pop can if they wanted to. That's not the point we're making. The point is, is that God's saying in many, many times, many times, he says, in Christ, there are neither slave nor free, Jew nor Greek, male nor female. Come on, we're all in the body of Christ. We're sons and daughters of the living God. But he's saying, husbands, honor your wife as the weaker vessel. That means help her with the heavy stuff and don't be a jerk about it, right? Show honor with understanding. Understand that we're different and we think differently. We operate differently. Husbands, we operate differently. Learn to trust your wife and her intuition, 
right? Lean on her. Ask her questions. What do you think about this stuff? This is important. I had to learn this the hard way. When you're first married, come on now. You got it all figured out. We were full of parenting advice, and we didn't have any kids. (laughs) Boy, just keep your mouth shut when you're just... I'm telling you, once you get kids and all that advice just... You're like, man, oh man. I had to apologize to my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law for just running my mouth. I had no idea what I was talking about. I remember early in our marriage, there's a couple things just financially that I wanted to do. And Cody's like, mm, I don't think we should do that. And I was like, oh, it'll be fine. I got it figured out. That was stupid. <laughs> man, I hate learning things the hard way. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I like to learn from other people's mistakes, but, and yet I have made some of my own. But thank God, right? Learn to listen to your spouses. Wives, learn to listen to your husbands. He sees things you don't, just like you see things he doesn't. We're made that way on purpose, right? That's why he said, husbands, likewise, dwell with them, understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and being heirs together. There it is, come on, you're both heirs of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Boy, oh boy, does that have some eye-opening advice. Your prayers are hindered when together you aren't honoring each other. Your prayers are hindered. Because he's telling us how to have prayers that are not hindered. That's good news. That's the grace of God helping us out. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have prayers that are unhindered, that means they get to the intended mark and they achieve the desired results. There's got to be some changes in us, in our hearts, in the way we treat and act toward each other. Yes? Come on, I want my prayers to work, amen? Otherwise, what are we doing? Why waste the time? So if, if you've been frustrated in some things that you've been praying for, I would suggest that instead of pointing the blame to others or leaving it all up to God, you begin to check your own heart. Say, God, is there any way that I am hindering these prayers? Show me, because I want to fix it. And if it requires me humbling myself, which I will do on bended knee, I will do it, because it's worth it. It's worth it to know that your prayers are reaching the intended mark. Here's a little snippet, side note. You can pray a prayer that does not reach God. Did you know that? When you pray a prayer that's outside of the will of God, you have just wasted your time. Well, how do we pray according to the will of God? I point you to exhibit A. You pray according to the word. This is God's perfect will. If you haven't found your answer in the word, you cannot start praying yet. The answers are here. How to pray, how to seek God, what to believe for. It's right here. When you find it in the word, then you can pray a prayer of faith. So there are prayers you can pray that don't reach heaven. I suggest we not do those. Let's not, let's not even waste the time. Amen? Amen? And if we are praying a prayer that is the will of God, but it's hindered because we're being dishonorable, let's fix that. Yeah? Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. 
was helping us. <laughs> Romans 12, 10 says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. In honor, giving preference to one another. Now, I don't know how it is in your house, but when we leave church, we usually go to get something to eat. We used to go, uh, on occasion, go eat somewhere. It's more difficult these days. Now we get takeout. And we are consistently at an impasse on where to go. Am I the only one? I have a meme on my Facebook page that is uh, like a 1955 Chevy, totally rusted out, and the husband's in the driver's seat, and he's a total skeleton. And it says, this is me waiting for my wife to pick a place to eat. And I shared that on my page, and she didn't appreciate it as much as I did. So you do give preference to one another, but for crying out loud, somebody's got to pick the place to go, right? But he's not talking about this. He's just saying, listen, check in with the people that you love and give preference to one another. What would you like to do, right? But at some point, somebody's got to make a decision. (laughs) It's just showing honor, just showing care and concern for the other, amen? And there's ways you can do that intentionally, practically, on purpose, that will show honor to your loved ones, to your spouse. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, bosses. You got a minute? I got a few more. You ready? Let's talk about bosses and being a boss and being an employee. Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. (laughs) You're gonna love this one. This is great. Verse five. Now he uses the term bond servants. We can easily substitute employees. This is exactly what he's talking about. Employees, be obedient to those who are your bosses, your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ. He's saying be obedient just like you would to the Lord Jesus. Not with eye service as men pleasers, meaning not just when they're watching. Come on, everybody works with that guy, with that girl, right? Playing mind sweep until they hear the boss's voice. Come on. God looks at you when nobody else is. Come on, that's, it's honor and integrity both. Who you are when no one else is watching shows true character, shows true integrity, shows true honor. Because you're not working for the boss, for the man, for the company. They are your, they are your paycheck. You're working before the Lord. You're honoring him with how you work, how you respond. And when we take that attitude, I'm telling you, God will honor you in that position, in that place. And you might think, man, I know this boss. He doesn't like Christians. He doesn't like me. Doesn't matter how hard I work, I'm never gonna be promoted. God can promote you out of that place. He can bring you opportunity that you haven't thought of yet. But when you honor God, come on now, regardless of who's above you, whether they keep stealing the credit from you or not, Come on now, God sees what you do in secret and he will reward you openly. Come on, honor, this is honor. This is who we're called to be. We are called to look different than the world. We should be the best employees on the planet. Bosses, you should be the best bosses on the planet. Not just steamrolling your employees, finding ways to show honor and give encouragement and help to the people that work with you. Come on, you're in a position of 
of influence and authority. How are you using that position to impact the kingdom of God? Yeah? Now, you stick around long enough, and you'll hear me say this a lot. We are, we are ministers. We are missionaries. We are called and equipped to be ministers in the world because of Christ in us, right? We come in here, and we get charged up. We get fed. We get encouraged. We get challenged, and then we go out to our mission field every week to be a blessing to those around us. That's what we are called to do, amen? Not just show up to church and read our Bible at home on our own, but to be the light and salt to the earth. That's what we're called to do. But let me say this with one caveat, with a story. Minister sat down on a, on a plane, on a flight. He got bumped up to first class because of a lot of frequent flyer miles. And he sat by a businessman on this flight. And this guy was well-dressed, articulate, knew what he was doing. And they, he struck, he just felt, the minister felt prompted to strike up a conversation with him to find out where he was with the Lord. And so they did, they talked. He was, he was extremely intelligent and eloquent, found out that he owned a large taxi company in a major city. And then he began to talk about business. And because this minister was familiar with business and principles, teaching these things around the planet, he was able to have this conversation with him. And they had a, a lively, in-depth exchange of ideas and, and thoughts on the subject of business. And it was going very well. And they talked for an extended period of time about this guy's business and his work and what he did. And then the time came when the guy finally asked, what do you do for a living? And the minister said, well, I work for God as a minister of the gospel. And his face literally changed from happy to sour. And he turned the other way, almost in a childlike fashion. And because he had built rapport over the last couple of hours, he was able to go, wow, that was quite a change. What brought that on? Kind of prod him a little bit. He didn't want to talk about it, but he did turn and he says, I like you. I like the conversation we had, but I'll tell you why I don't like Christians and ministers. Hold on to your bootstraps. He had an employee, a gal that worked for him, and she spent most of her day fluttering around the office preaching to the other employees. Not only was she not productive employee, but she was causing the production of the other employees to be unproductive because she was constantly moving around. And the day finally came when she left, and she left with property of the company and stuck him with an $8,000 long-distance bill to her son in Germany. You can imagine that this unbeliever was not super excited about his Christian employee. Come on now. I mean, this should be common sense, but I'm going to say it anyway. You should be the best worker on your job. And you take opportunities to share your faith when it's not taking time away from your job. Because they're not paying you to preach the gospel while you're on the clock. God will give you opportunities to speak into people's lives. But when your integrity is high and your honor is high and your work ethic is high, you have an open door and access to people's lives that you wouldn't have before. Come on, when she left, not only were they grateful that she was gone, but now they all had a bad taste in their mouth of what it looks like to be a Christian and a follower of Jesus. And that's a reproach to the gospel. May it not be so in this house. Come on, we're, to bo- we're, we're supposed to be honoring and be the best example of what it is to follow Jesus. Yes? So it was interesting because this story went on that a few years later he was telling the story. And 
somebody that heard it felt prompted in their heart that they wanted to make restitution in that situation, make restitution because of that. This is several years later. And so he actually reached out to this minister and he and the minister both reached out again because he knew the company name, reached out to find out where this guy was. They wanted to restore the $8,000 bill to try to make it right, to see that there are Christians in the world that do have honor and respect. And sadly, they found out that just six months prior, he had had a heart attack and he died. And so <clears throat> we don't know what the impact was in his life, but we do know that on the plane ride, while he was trying to be a blessing to him and share the gospel, which he was completely closed off to, that at that moment, he wasn't ready. And all he could do is hope that God was able to get somebody else to him and soften his heart, that he would have a good example of Christian behavior to give him another perspective and another view of what that looks like. But come on now, people's lives hang in the balance, right? People's lives hang in the balance how we act, how we treat people, how we honor our employer, how we honor those that work underneath us. And honor goes above us. It goes on the same level of people with us. Come on, in your business, your job, the same, right? And people that you're over, that that are submitted to you. We have to show honor in all three areas. And it can be done. But God's instructing us and helping us to kind of wake ourselves up to this that we can do better. We can honor each other better. We can honor our spouses better, our kids better. We can certainly honor honor our employers, our jobs. We can do better. Yeah? God wants that from us. He desires that from us. That we show honor to him by showing honor to others. Because when we do honor people, we are honoring God. Yeah? Hmm. Last scripture, 1 Peter 2, verse 18, it says this, Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the harsh. Ouch. For this is commendable. If because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. If, for this is commendable, if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it? If you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently. Now, hopefully nobody's getting beaten on their job. This is talking, in this specific case, was talking about masters and servants. If you've done something wrong, what credit is to you that if you suffer that penalty? But if you do good and you suffer and you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. He who committed no sin nor deceit was found in his mouth, who when he was reviled did not revile in return when, when he suffered, and he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Come on, Jesus committed himself to the Lord who judges righteously. That means when you are wronged and you take it patiently, it's commendable before God. See, we want justice. We're Americans for crying out loud. This isn't right. It's gotta be right. But sometimes we just got to put up and shut up. Because if you've done wrong and you've taken it, and you've taken a correction, what good is it to you? But if you've done right, and now you're suffering for that, that's commendable before God. So I would just encourage you to think differently, to respond differently, to act differently. Let God honor you, because when he honors you, it's good. He will promote you in areas you could never find on your own because you did the right thing when it was the hard thing to do. I told you it'd be super exciting. <laughs> and the New Year's is coming. So let's purpose to, to, for 2021 to be a year of honor. Amen? Come on, no matter who's in office, no matter who's handing down rules and regs,
we can, we can honor those in authority above us even when we disagree. That doesn't mean we cave to everything. Come on, we gotta follow our values. We gotta follow the, the plan and the purposes of God for our lives. Is that true? But we can, we can be disagreeable and still show honor and respect. So the, the posturing, the name calling, the, it, it has no place in a Christian mouth, in a Christian world. Come on, let's just, let's just honor the Lord. Come on, he's the, he's the creator of all things. He knows what you're going through. He knows what's happening. We're still praying. We're still believing. We're still excited about God working in our midst, amen? He's still working in our country. Come on, he's still doing things for us and through us and in us so that we can continue to preach the gospel, share our faith, see a great harvest of souls come in before Jesus comes back. It's gonna be fun, amen? So this is our last service going into the new year. Let's, let's prepare ahead of time. Let's plan, let's take a little time out Say, God, what does 2021 look for us? How does it look like for us? How does it look like, what does it look like for me? What should I do differently in this year so that I can go farther with the Lord, step up higher in what God has called me to do? Amen? Amen. All right, can I pray for you? Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to chat with you and help you in your walk with God. We invite you to connect with us at wcspokane.com slash connect and someone from our team will be in touch with you. You can also hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new content in the future. Thanks again for joining us and remember, Jesus is coming soon.